You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome, everyone. I am Johnny Christ, and this is the Drinks with Johnny podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this very special episode as I take a look back at some of my favorite moments of the show with some of my favorite punk rock people. That's right. We go back. This is the best of punk episode. I mean, when I went back on this, I was looking through it all and seeing the guests, and a lot of times you forget who's been on, or rather, when they were on and and things of that nature. And I had so many of my childhood heroes right here on this show. So I thank you guys for uh, showing your support and allowing me to do this. This is so much fun. Um, going back and talking to guys from Pennywise, No Effects, Rancid, Lagwagon, I mean, Offspring, the list goes on and on. And we've had so many great guests on this show from the punk world. Uh, a lot of them have met on Warp Tour back in the day. And uh, it was really fun to get into some longer conversations and deeper conversations with a lot of these guys. So I really appreciate them being on and having these moments. I mean, again, these are just uh, little clip outs. I'm going to explain each one as they come up and um, uh, kind of give a little behind the scenes uh, look at uh, what was going on when we were filming this and what, what the mindset was. Uh, a lot of these were early on all the way back from season one of Drinks with Johnny. Um, and a lot of, and then some of them all the way up into this last season with uh, Lars from Rancid, who you know you'd think we just sit there and talk about punk rock the whole time, but honestly, a lot of a lot of these conversations are more about life, um, and that's what we're here to do. Um, the other thing that I really loved about looking back at this is I was going through and, and, and describing and talking about uh, these little clip outs in between, and I realized how many of these dudes are local right here in Huntington Beach where I am, which is incredible. Like, I grow up here, I run into noodles um, on the boardwalk here on the beach path. It's so cool. I mean, growing up right here in Huntington Beach and Southern California in general, uh, really in the, in the 90s spawned so much great punk rock music that inspired me at a very young age. So I really appreciate that, and uh, it's really cool to see. Speaking of local things, though, here in Huntington Beach, a little quick plug. Uh, one of my favorite Mexican food restaurants, Ola, it's here in the place called Pacific City, right off PCH, um, downtown Huntington Beach. Just picked up the Drinks with Johnny Filthy IPA and have it on tap there. So if you're if you're traveling through Huntington Beach at any point and you just want to go in and check out a spot, they got great, great food and now even better beer. Um, so get down there, uh, show, show your support, have, have one of those beers, tell them I sent you. It'll be a lot of fun. I mean, it's right there. It's got a beautiful view of, of uh, the Huntington Beach Ocean front, and uh, it's a really cool spot. So if you're in the area, go ahead and check that out. Um, yeah, so again, back to this episode, Best of Punk. 
so many great legends here on the on this episode starting with of course one of my favorite interviews or hangs we ever did this is back when we had him in person i had the pleasure of having fletcher of pennywise on the show and this guy's legendary for his uh offstage antics um if you know anything about him he's 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 the guy that's larger than life and just large in general and uh is really big into pranks really big into uh drinking having a good time he's about to share you with one of my favorite stories that he had he has a kid rock story they told about as well but this one uh kind of tied in a little bit of the local hb stuff with uh tank abbott being a part of this story and vanilla ice um just so much <laughs> so much random shit that that fletcher has lived and he's such a good dude so uh here's uh fletcher from pennywise kicking off best of punk drinks with johnny i hear that there's a vanilla ice story that you have <laughs> that's not that long it's not it's not that good of a story it's decent i guess but well let's let's get into it man what what, what is this the vanilla ice story man i don't um, even know never met the dude never done anything I think, I, I think it was great in that movie with adam sandler by the way that was fucking hilarious but uh oh he's i think he's pretty cool actually um i think i got kicked out of so remember that like celebrity, what was it? Celebrity deathmatch or and not deathmatch, but they like celebrities were boxing each other. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember that. Our buddy uh, was Benji it Donnie, from Donnie Bonaduce versus Kid Kid Rock. I mean uh, Vanilla Ice. Uh, Vanilla Ice. I think that sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. So there was that that time when that was happening where they were having these like washed up, sorry, <laughs> fucking celebrities. Yeah, but. Um, you know, the past their past their careers. Past the retired. Let's call them retired Off celebrities. Their pinnacle. I don't really watch that much of it, but anyways, that night I think it was Danny Bonaducci from the Partridge family, who remember his show, he was a fucking steroid freak of nature. Yeah, he was on the out of his mind. That house show where there are all the celebrities Oh no no no. No, but he had his he own has, show. He had his for own a while. show for Atlanta, a while. I think. Yeah, he's just a hothead. Yeah. And uh so he fought Vanilla Ice if, if I'm correct on that. And Vanilla Ice got his ass kicked. Tank Abbott, local yeah, HB tank, guy, yeah, HB. Was, was Vanilla Ice's trainer. And I always heard Tank Abbott fucking was... He was a bar fighter around bar here. Fighter. He went to, he went to yeah. my high school. Yeah. Not the same year, but yeah. Yeah. You trying to say you're younger than him? No, I'm much older, clearly. <laughs> clearly, so, Fletch. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, like... I think I got kicked out of the No Effects show across the street at the at the House of Blues for some stupid shit. I think they called the LAPD on me and they escorted me out of the building, which is whatever. I went across to the Hyatt and Tank Abbott was in there with Vanilla Ice and a bunch of other people. But first thing I did was walked up to Tank Abbott and this is fucking stupid because that guy would mop me up, I think. He's <laughs> a pretty um, bad motherfucker. Dude. I mean, anybody can knock anybody out if they get a lucky shot. Yeah, right? yeah, but totally. I don't know. He's probably not that easy to knock out. But I just walked up and I said, hey, I heard you like to fuck, fuck people up in bars and shit. I go, so what about me? I go, you wanna, do you want to fuck, fuck me up? <laughs> and just straight up to him. And he just looked. And he, I mean, he, I was taller than him, but he was big He's dude. a big dude. He just Still see him walking on the boardwalk here, like... He's walking now. He's, he used to be jogging up and down the fucking boardwalk, and then I'd see him at the fucking bar yeah. right afterwards. Still drinking? Last I knew. I don't know, man. I got to reach out to him. That'd be a good fucking guest, huh? So, I mean, I was I was basically dealing with it. I wasn't trying to fight the dude. I was just testing the waters and just doing it like comical, in a comical way. But he just looked, gave me one. So he goes, 
not unless you got 250,000 bucks. And I was like, damn, that was a good fucking comeback. That so, was probably right around the time when he was in the WCW, too. Yeah, he was. He, he was, was doing so, the pro wrestling stuff. That, yeah, yeah. They, they paid pretty well. Um, I mean, well, he was getting that, that for fights. Like That's true, yeah. MMA fights. So, anyways, Vanilla Ice was there. And Vanilla Ice had lost. And uh, I started talking to him. And I don't remember exactly what I said, but I eventually made him cry, which is, I didn't like, not in a mean way, but like, kind of like, like, I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> exactly <laughs> what I said. But it, it I was, made him cry. I don't remember if it was mean well, or it was happy. Like, like, was it sad out, tears, happy tears? And the fact, like, he was kind of going through it. I don't know, but I mean, the flip side is like, he was going through it because he, he got beat by fucking Danny Bonaduce or whoever <laughs> yeah. it was. Wasn't too happy about that, I'm and, sure. And his career was in the shitter, obviously, at that point in time, getting a lot of backlash and stuff. And so I kind of like, I didn't harsh on him. I was like, you know, things are bad, blah, blah, blah. And I kind of just brought up like bad points to then bring him back up a little bit. Like say it could get bad and then it could get better. You know, pep talk type of shit, but like the bad things <laughs> kind of broke him to the point of where he started tearing up and crying a little bit. And I'm all, dude, you're good. And and then, uh, yeah, I wound up giving my phone number to call me because he was kind of like, he was kind of like pretty bummed on life, I think, at that point. So yeah, it was kind of like more. I felt I felt, I wasn't trying to make him feel bad. I was trying to pump him up, pump him up. But I had to say the bad things first, and he didn't respond well to that. And then he kind of talked well, about Well, at least like, you, you were trying. You reached out. That's good. He's like, I'm, I've been in a dark place, and this didn't help. And I'm like, dude, you fucking always can climb out and give him a pep talk and give him my phone number. He did. Like I said, he was in that Adam Sandler movie. He's got like some HGTV show where he's dude, building he did that. fucking houses yeah, and shit. Yeah, that, that, he's killing it on that shit. Yeah, it's great. He's, built, he's rebuilt the empire. You know, Fletcher just said right there before he gets into the story that it's not the best story. And uh, maybe it's not, but I mean, he tells every story so nonchalantly. But I just really loved it because it incorporated so many different people, including Tank Abbott, who's a local Huntington Beach guy, and No Effects, who later on in this uh, recap, we'll have a couple of the members on the, on from that. Um, later on in this episode, me and Fletcher had way more to drink. We played a little bit of a game called Johnny Pong, I believe. Had all these penalties, which basically I ended up having to do all the penalties. And if you want to go on our YouTube channel, uh, Drinks with Johnny, go into the playlist and find season one. You could find that uh, little uh, game that we played towards the end. And we ended up drinking so much. He, Fletcher is such a good friend of mine now. I mean, he hung out for a lot longer. We just kind of chilled, had some drinks, and uh, shot the shit afterward, after filming this episode, rather. And then, uh, man, it was probably about a year ago now. Uh, or maybe even a little longer, we were over at Fat Mike's house uh, when they did uh, White Trash, Two Heaps and a Bean in its entirety in his backyard. And uh, Fletcher was there. I walked up and said hi. And he was like, man, I think I'm still hungover from that time we filmed your show. <laughs> Funny enough, he proceeded to tell me that he would, like I had actually out drunk Fletcher. I don't know how it happened, but I didn't wake up that hungover the next morning. Apparently, he was he was effed up and, and was throwing up and stuff. So uh, I like to put that notch on my belt. Not saying I could do that every time, Fletcher. Not calling you out or anything like that. But for whatever reason, on that given Sunday, as they say, I was able to uh, to go drink for drink with the mighty Fletcher. And I, I, I'm really proud of that. <laughs> uh, on to our next little clip here. Um, this is the next guy that I talked to in the punk rock world. Also... 
a very good friend of ours in the band Avenged Sevenfold who we met through uh, doing warp tours together with the band The Vandals. Uh, this is Joe Escalante. Really great dude. Such an interesting cat. I mean, it's, he's not just from the punk rock world, man. I mean, he's done it all. He's, he's got a radio show. He's actually a, a writer on uh, Ancient Aliens, the, the hit show on, on the History Channel. Um, he's done a lot of producing for TV shows and, uh, over the years. And, uh, he's just, he's such a, such an interesting punk rock legend. And I was so glad to have him on. We did a wine tasting again. This was really early on in, uh, drinks with Johnny and I didn't really know what to do. We sat in my studio. I didn't videotape this one. We just did audio and I laid out, I don't know, probably 15 bottles of wine for us to taste through and had a charcuterie board I didn't think this through because in the, when I was going back in the audio You could hear us like lip smacking and stuff and I had to individually cut all this stuff out to the best of my ability Really early on in doing this show. So that's a little uh, 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 Behind the scenes on it, but I mean we sat here at my house for about four hours on this one like no shit That's why I, I so I split it up into three different episodes. I remember that was the first time I did that I was putting a lot of time and effort into the background music and cutting up and i just still wasn't figuring out hadn't hit my hit my stride yet but joe was such a gracious guest and gave me so many interesting so many interesting stuff uh so much interesting stuff rather and you can go back in, into the archive and find this listen to it i if you're a punk rock uh aficionado or just someone who's a big fan of the vandals you should absolutely go back and listen to all three parts of this because he's got a great story and uh again just a local punk rock hero here uh from southern california so here's one of my favorite moments from my chat with joe escalante of the vandals the vandals forever how long have you had this next wine that we're trying the vandals vineyard wine <laughs> our own wine yeah that's incredible I, I wish i could use this podcast to uh sell more of that wine but we just made 64 cases, and, and it all went in a matter of minutes. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to try this because I, I, I texted you earlier, and I was like, man, I tried to go buy some, and it was obviously already yeah, sold you- out, and it couldn't happen. So I was like, hey, I know a guy. <laughs> and that's really the only reason why I had you on here. I wanted to try this, no, this wine, Joe. Well, it was very, it's really the only way. <laughs> so let's, let's get this poured out. Right. Tell me. It's, it's basically, uh, we tried a bunch of, of, of different wines, and I wanted to start... I want to make some wines. I want to start with the Cabernet because Cabernet is like the most, you know, plentiful grape in the world or whatever. It's it's. I figure we have a better chance, and then I've I've always enjoyed the the California Cabernets, mm-hmm. and I thought I could. I've tasted enough of them where I could pick out a good one. So we picked it. We we tasted a bunch, and when you do something like this, all you're doing is tasting other people's grapes, and they're saying, "Okay, I find one." Give me 64 cases of that and put this label on it. Yeah. Not different than if you were getting married and you would want to have a, a bottle at every table with Johnny and Lacey. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming. Same thing. Yeah. So it's, totally. not, it's not a big deal. But um, we did our best. The only problem is after you pick it out, it's so long until you actually get it that you have no idea if, if it's it, the same yeah, one. If it changed or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, no idea. Yeah. So the the feedback we've got on it are, um, uh, it's good enough, and in two years it'll be better. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let, let's let, let's get down on it. I like it. Is it good enough? It's good enough. That's what, that's why I call it. Is it good? It's good enough. It's good enough. It's it is good enough. Because it's very hard to make. I mean, very hard to choose and very hard to get it. Yeah. 
like I, I haven't gone through that process. I mean, this is it's wine, man. It's wine, it, right? It, it tastes good. It's not. It's there's not, nothing defensive about right, it, right? Right. We're not. I think I think that's what we can we can hope for because you're really. I mean, you're. I mean, why is someone selling you this wine, this grapes and stuff? They're they're not selling it to you because it's the most award winning, you know thing in the world no, they're, they're not gonna they're gonna give that away <laughs> yeah they're selling it to you go well this is pretty good we could sell it and, and they might come no, back for there's more no, there's nothing offensive and about we it would go back, we would go back to the same vineyard it's in Buellton it's in Santa Barbara County okay I would Santa go back Barbara there is where you guys are okay. if we would do if we're gonna do it again I would go back to the same people because I think they, they I like the Santa Barbara they did uh, wineries right. out there really laid back the more I'm tasting I think it's a, it's a great like it's getting better to me too every every day or kind of like a, I don't know it's light it does a trick. I'm into it. Now that we're into the red wines, we can get into the... Um, the red vines? The red vines and the hot tamales that I brought. Hot tamales. Is that is that the pairing that we need to do yeah, with this? Yeah, okay. the pairing. Hot tamales oh, let, me, let me get a little hot tamale wine. then. As we're jumping around on things real quick, I want to get back to a couple of things. Most people will probably know you as Joe Escalante, the bass player for the Vandals. We already know that you were the drummer first. We've gone through a few things. But one of the things that... Um, I was curious about is when you started uh, Kung Fu Records, mm-hmm. and um, and it and then there was there's some stuff with uh, uh, Nitro Records as well that you guys had involvement with. That was you signed to Nitro, right? Yes. Fill me in on on those that side of of, of your business savvy. Um, I think I'm working at CBS, and we had put Fear of a Punk Planet out on Triple X Records. Which was a record that had some. Uh, they're famous for Jane's Addiction. Okay. Uh, they had some adolescence and stuff like that. And we had recorded the Fair of a Punk Planet was paid for by Enigma Records, which is the Motley Crue mm-hmm. uh, record label of the late eighties, mid eighties, whatever. And then during the recording of Fear of a Punk Planet, I think it was done recording and the label was going out of business okay this is it's going out of business and we we're trying to finish it and get everything done and they say we have no more money to to record records we 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 have to wait until quarter number three or whatever quarter number one of first q1 some corporate garbage language they're telling me okay and i go wow it sucks you know because you record this record you want it to come out so they tell us they can't fin- they can't um release the record i think it's done they can't release it because they, they have no money this is krista makes guitarist and vocalist for less than jake and host of krista makes a podcast a songwriting podcast where every week i'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing recording and release of one iconic song from their career in our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music, or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday. 
And then all of a sudden we find out they poured all their money into, they released another record from some band called The Zeros. And they were like purple-haired, glam, sensation. Okay. They play a show at the whiskey and they paint the whiskey purple. Okay. And we're like... And they're Zeros, the Purple Zeros. Yeah, Purple Zeros. They're called The Zeros, but there was an old punk band called The Zeros. They're not to be confused with that. This is the flash-in-the-pan novelty Zeros. Okay. And they're putting their money into a flash-in-the-pan novelty thing and they're, and they're not um, finishing our record. So we're pissed. Yeah, naturally. And we're like, not only did they tell us they have no money, they put a bunch of money into this thing, <laughs> which, which offended us. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, lick our wounds. And all of a sudden I get a phone call from someone that says, hey, I got a bunch of tapes sitting around here. Say the vandals on them. You got to come and pick them up because, you know, they can't just sit around here forever. I go, I'll be right there. Yeah. And I go pick up great. the two-inch reels from the record that these guys wouldn't put out. Brilliant. And I gave them to Triple X. And I said, you put them out? Do you fight with these guys? And then they, you know, we made a deal. And they put it out, fought with those guys. You know, it it got a little bit ugly. And uh, we put that record out. I learned a little bit about the music industry. I don't want to release a record. Mm -hmm. I I, I don't want to start a record label. I never did. And then at that point, I'm like, wow, this is... I kind of see how it works. And I'm kind of learning... Maybe I should. Fat Mike is now, NoFX is now huge. Mm-hmm. Fat Mike is my old friend from summer camp. Uh, he'll tell you the story. I played his first punk rock records for, I mean, he learned about punk rock from me at summer camp. That's incredible. And he was he was uh, from Beverly Hills High School. I'm from Orange County. We didn't know each other other than being at camp. At the camp, okay. And then he, um, he was the only guy that would listen to my records with, you know, interest. Other people thought I was a deviant there. I'd gone to that camp since I was 11. What camp is this? I'm sorry. It's called Mountain Meadow Ranch. Okay. And it's... Um, what was the camp for? Uh, for children about to be molested. <laughs> okay. I think that's camp everywhere. That, that's... Okay. That's not true. That's a that's an Anthony Jeselnik joke. But you set me up for it so well. I, I, I felt like for a second I was Anthony I mean, Jeselnik. Yeah, I mean... You, you, you went into character there. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Now, it's like a, it's a rich kid camp that I ended up at because um, my mom felt sorry for me because I wanted to be a basketball star and I was going to basketball camps and she finally realized I'm never going to grow. So she said, you want to go to the rich kid camp that your sister's rich boyfriend's family goes to? Go, Hell yeah. Yeah. I've heard all about that camp. <laughs> I can make a lot of contacts. <laughs> So I was 11, I started going to this camp. And then uh, uh, when I'm 16, I'm working there as a ranch hand. My ranch mom, hand? Yeah, because my mom can't afford to just keep sending me as a, as a, as a camper. So I, I, I end up working there. And um, hey, building fences, doing hay, mm-hmm. trenches, post holes, retaining walls. It's all, all, good, all good things to know, though. Yeah. All good things to know. Yeah, so that's where I meet. Fat Mike, and the, you know, but that comes later. Like, he's just like comes up to me and goes, Hey, it's me, Mike Burkett <laughs> from camp. And then that, and that's the uh, that's the spot on uh, voice. It's exactly how he sounded. <laughs> and I was with him two days ago, and he still sounds the same way. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> still sounds the same way. Um, All right, so before we got into the summer camp in the middle of stations, mm-hmm. um. We were still talking about Nitro and Kung Oh, yeah. Fat Mike is the one trying to tell me I should start a label. He's the one that's telling you. Did, w- yeah. Was this before he did Fat Records? Or no, was no it he's after? got Fat Records. He's making, he's he's records. making millions of dollars. 
Yeah. And he's like, start Off a freaking label, dance, guy. I, like, start a again. label. And he tells me this. Start a label. I used to give him advice. Now he's giving me advice. Yeah. Start a label. Sign only bands with good songs. Don't sign any bands that you think you will make money on. Only sign bands with good songs. So if you listen to anything on Kung Fu Records, everything they're all good songs. Mm-hmm. Some of it didn't make money. A lot of it did. But that's all good songs. So that was really good advice and that's, yeah. from Fat Mike and good advice to any label uh, Absolutely. Anywhere. So we, um, I'm at CBS. Uh, great, you know, four years. I'm there like sooner in my career than I'm supposed to be because you're supposed to have this big legal career and then you can go to the network. Mm-hmm. And um, through, hey, probably because I'm in this punk rock band and I met different people and... Um, I, I actually I wrote a big law review article on the ASCAP BMI conflict with the networks. Okay, it started in like the '30s. Uh, I, so I wrote this article. No one ever read it, but I would show it. To, I showed it to the people at CBS, and they go, "Okay, you can have an internship." And then they hired me in the business affairs department, which is not even a, you don't even have to be a lawyer to be in that department. You're just negotiating deals. Okay, and so I'm in there. Four years. One of my biggest jobs there is is Chuck Norris. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay, we're going to get there later. It's okay. almost as if you're reading my whiteboard. I know. So, uh, I don't know. When you asked about starting Kung Fu Records, I started it because they gave me a different job at, uh, or Les Moonves, who's very uh, famous right now. Les Moonves gave me a, he assigned me a different task at CBS from making from producing shows in-house to licensing shows from other studios. When I was producing shows in-house, I was making all the deals for all the writers, all the actors, all the directors, casting directors, uh, supervising the the spending that went on in these shows. And then Les Moonves came in and said, you're uh, more experienced than these other people. You should be making deals with outside suppliers like Warner Brothers and CBS and Disney. And that's because he came from Warner Brothers. He thought that was more important. So my job changed overnight, and it was boring. Basically, I started a record label <laughs> to fill the time. <laughs> and Fat Mike is telling me I should start a record label. Okay, so that's why. That's why. Yeah, as I start a record label. So, so the the reason why I want to ask about the Kung Fu record stuff too is, um, I remember getting a lot of around here. I got a lot of the Kung Fu record compilations. Yeah, that's it. You know, and I love those compilations. You make those compilations. I found uh, several bands from there. Fat. Epitaph, just a model that I'm following. The same, yeah, Epitaph I'm following. Fat, I, you, I I'm just trying to be. I'm just too. trying to be number three. <laughs> That's uh, the quick, witty humor of Joe Escalante. That was such a good, good, fun, long chat. Uh, in true fashion of the, of how long <laughs> that that uh, conversation went. That was a little longer of an excerpt, but um, again, there's so much more. Uh, to listen to there on that episode with Joe Escalante. I mean, we get into a lot more of him being a television network executive over at CBS. Um, I mean, from that, uh, law school, being a punk rock legend, starting Kung Fu Records, teaching Fat Mike about punk rock. We get into a little bit more of that, and uh, I believe I've talked to Mike about that, and maybe we'll get a clip out of that later on. Um, but again, make sure you guys go check out that episode because it was so much fun to sit back with a with a friend and do that. Um, the, another friend from another little local band you might have heard of called The Offspring takes us to our next clip from, of Noodles, uh, the guitar player. And this clip comes like back from when, when did we film this one? It was back in the 2019. 
I believe, or 2020. And uh, at any rate, uh, we started out season two, I believe, with this one. And we started filming again. It's so fun to go back and look at the technica- uh, the technical aspects of filming these shows. And I'm still trying to figure out what mics to use, uh, what camera angles we're going to figure out, everything like that. And this was one of the times when I went back and said, well, we're never using those microphones again. You guys will hear it. It came out really tinny. Um, there wasn't really much we could do uh, in post to fix it, unfortunately. So the audio is what it is. But uh, we, we end up, uh, uh, you know, funny story, how I got Noodles on the show. I've uh, been friends with Noodles for quite some time now. And it all came from a story of we're out on the Warp Tour. He comes up on the bus. I offer him beer several times and don't understand why he's ignoring me until he finally looks over to me and says, I'm Noodles. I'm not Dexter. And what <laughs> in my drunken stupor, obviously I knew Noodles from Dexter, but I was a little drunk at the time. And I think I was about 20 years old, 21 years old. I, I kept offering him a beer and I kept saying Dexter instead of Noodles. And I felt so bad after that that we started, we had a good laugh about it. And then the rest of the world tour, we had a great time. And uh, as I said, local, I run into Noodles on the Huntington Beach boardwalk pretty often. He's usually out there on his bike, or at least pre-COVID was out there on his bike. And uh, one of these days, I'm going to go on a ride with him and maybe get out on some paddle boards with him and our, you know, Joe Escalante, another local. You know, this is really fun going back and looking at all this punk rock stuff and realizing how much of it is right here in my backyard where I grew up and what really shaped me as a musician comes a lot from these guys who you know, come full circle are on a podcast that I decided to do on a whim. And it's just, uh, it's really cool. And, uh, this little excerpt we're gonna, I'm going to show you guys is, is pretty, pretty prevalent now because at this point, the offspring had as, as news will say, like songs from like five years prior to this chat that was two years ago. And then just in 2021, they released a new, they finally released a new, uh, offspring record, uh, to the, to the, uh, to, to the, everyone's happiness that is an offspring fan i guess uh you know everyone been waiting and waiting i know when i we did this uh conversation a lot of people were like oh man noodles and and dexter have been talking about this new record for a long time now when's it gonna happen when's it gonna happen well it happened in 2021 in case you missed it and he talks a little bit about it here um and amongst so many other things it was just a great chat to to sit down and hang with my old friend noodles so here's a little piece of that uh conversation that you could find everywhere in the archives so at, at like the height of smash let's say or, or or one of the one of the records right around there um you guys are touring the world at that time you guys, i mean i don't know if everyone knows this i mean it's pretty public knowledge but uh you know smash is i think still to this day the biggest selling independent record right i think it probably will remain that until yeah. until they find out how to sell actual physical product <laughs> yeah, you know? true, yeah. um, it, it probably will remain that because uh you know records just don't sell like no, they no, used yeah. to. everything's streamed you know everything's downloaded and yeah i wonder how i wonder how they, so. how they would uh categorize that these days but uh, anyways yeah so i mean this is i mean this is insane like for i mean when you think about it um in the mid 90s you're on epitaph you know and you're selling you know diamond records out out of a out of a uh uh, yeah i don't think we ever did go diamond diamond. worldwide worldwide diamond diamond, yeah yeah for sure i remember seeing i saw some plaques and stuff in some some places all right (laughs) (laughs) okay so it's still a shit time right fuck (laughs) i don't think we've got that yeah yeah but yeah it's it's going to probably remain the number one independent you know selling record yeah um uh just because things don't sell like they used to one of the last times when you could do that you know. Would you say that at that time too, um, 
direct correlation with the crowds? Is that kind of the, the height of the crowds too, or did, did that grow uh, after? And our crowds are are big and as energetic as ever right now. Yeah. yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, you know, yeah, it's it's amazing. That's right. Uh, you know, I don't know if they'll they'll buy the new record when it comes out. You know, our crowds. Nobody buys anything. But, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm doing a you know, hopefully they like it. Hopefully they're streaming it, downloading it. Yeah, we're not counting on sales anymore. <laughs> you know, but hopefully that they, they listen to it and enjoy it. Yeah. And, you know, I hope think it gets played. I, I'm and, excited to get a new album. So, thanks. Yeah, we're 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 excited to get it out. You know, we've been sitting on it longer than any record we we have before. Some of these songs are five years old. Oh know, wow! And, yeah. Uh, most of them are more recent than that, but some of them are four or five years old. Actually, one song's probably 20 years old. Oh, Jesus. Uh, that's, that's the one that's going to come out of left field. We always have one song that's a little, it definitely sounds like Offspring, but yeah, but it's always, you know. I love that. Out of left you got to do that. So, got to have fun with it. Stuff. Yeah, totally. And it's a fun song. People will enjoy it. Yeah. You know, so so uh, another thing that I, I wanted to ask you about is you drink wine, obviously, some occasionally. You still drink wine, right? No, I, I'm not drinking anything right now. Well, not right now. Well, not, not right now. Not right now. Yeah. We're on the no, right yeah, now. Yeah, in yeah. We're, we're taking some, like, I, mean, I don't think we've addressed that in the podcast yet. Have all right, well, uh, me and Noodles are both uh, on the wagon, off the wagon. What do you say? Yeah. I'm on, on the wagon. wagon. On yeah, the off wagon. the sauce, on the off wagon. The Noodles is laying off the sauce. <laughs> That's an interesting <laughs> way to say it. Yeah, I got that. I that. <laughs> that something Lars Rancid said to me once when I was super hungover. He's like, Noodles, you got to lay off the sauce. <laughs> Smart ass. That's great. So, yeah, so you're taking a month off? I'm taking a month off. I usually okay. do... Uh, what me and the wife call sober January. Yeah. It's just a way to recalibrate after the holidays, you know? Yeah, I don't think a month is going to be long enough for me this time. <laughs> um, I was really hitting it really hard at the end of the year last year. Um, so I might go, I, I'm going at least 90 days. A uh, couple oh, cool. of three, three of my buddies of mine, uh, we got together, we're, we're taking that long off, 90 days. Otherwise. Is it kind of like the Seinfeld episode, though? Like we, Master of your yeah, days. <laughs> uh, actually, no, like we have Master of your days. That's helping us get through these 90 days. I, more I, than I anything, could probably. only imagine. That's the only thing keeping you, you know, safe. You've got a lot of extra energy when you're not drinking as much. <laughs> and what do you do with that energy? Well, we'll let you at home figure that out. So, but kind of, yeah, we, we, we were talking about, like, what is something... The worst thing you would have to do that would really make you really want to make it through 90 days. And the only thing I can come up with for me is, like, I would not want to vote for Donald Trump. So if I don't make it 90 days, i got to vote for Donald Trump oh. in November. But uh, who's going to be in the That's a pretty big voting I mean, I, I don't know that that really matters in California. Though. It doesn't matter in California. It's, <laughs> going to win. it's always going to be a blue state. It would still it would, it would, it would hurt you. It would hurt me. It would hurt me to do so. so. But, yeah, so, that's, so I'm going to make it 90 days for sure. I might go longer. Um, I, I took all of 2017 off. I quit on the 3rd of January and didn't start drinking until February 18, actually. Wow. And, and, and took a bunch of uh, 2018 Yeah, it's just smart, well. you know, to, to take some time off, you know, and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, and especially doing what we do yeah. where, you know, every night there are people coming to our show where it's their one night out that week and Absolutely. they want to party, you know? And, you know, I mean, we've been doing this long enough, so pretty much everywhere you go, there are people backstage. But you know, you want to hang out. want to come and hang out and it's their one night off and they're drinking and... And so, all right, yeah, I'll have a glass of beer with you. Well, the, old, the, old, the old social drink. <laughs> yeah, you totally. have a drink, so shall I. And it becomes a daily, it becomes a daily yeah, thing, yeah. you know. So, yeah, if you can, 
you know, you got to pump the brakes, and mm-hmm. maybe you can come back to it. I, I, we know a lot of people, you know, in this business that have had to quit completely. completely yeah, you know, and that's, that and that, that makes sense too. You know, totally, like, absolutely, you know, more power to them. More power. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know, I know a ton of people whose lives were saved by quitting. Mm-hmm. You know, who, who wouldn't be around. And I met my father, one of them. Okay, yeah. Coming yeah. on like 35 years, something like that. So, so. I'm glad to have my friends around. I'd much rather have them around than, then, yeah. than not around. And, Absolutely. You know, yeah. Well, on that grim note. It's a triumph. It was a triumph. It was like, I'd rather have them here. It was, it was yeah, a triumph. Totally. Totally. It was like, all right, let's talk about death. All right, friends, here we go. Um, now back to drinking. Jesus, that sounded like we were talking in a bathroom. Oh, man, thanks to Noodles for putting up with that. I mean, that was great, though. I mean, he had no idea, actually, during the time that it was going to sound like that, nor did I. Um, But, uh, you know, I couldn't have this best of punk for the Drinks with Johnny podcast without including my good friend Noodles. Had so much fun talking with him. We're still talking and texting and hanging out and all that good stuff. So I will get him back on the show for you guys. We'll do another stab at it with some uh, with some better audio recordings uh, real soon, I'm sure. Um, I mean, they're, they're back out on the road doing their thing. The new album's out. So uh, we'll definitely be reaching back out to Noodles sometime very soon. Now this uh, next clip out comes from my chat with John Feldman, who is not just the brainchild behind Goldfinger, the, the, the band of the 90s, the punk rock ska band of the 90s, but has now since been producing many different artists of many different genres. We had him on with uh, Ian from Arrested Youth. Um, that was part of, uh, of getting it all together. Um, man, he's produced uh, some of my, uh, my friends and other bands in the Used and uh, Treyu. Uh, going back to um, uh, wh- wh- who is it? Uh, uh, Blackfield Brides. I mean, he's 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 produced a lot of stuff over the years, and also comes from this punk rock world. And he, you know, he's done so much, accomplished so much. And I just like this little clip out that I'm about to show you guys because it shows kind of like a little bit of his backstory, where he came from, his 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 childhood, and his first introduction into punk, and uh, where that would lead him. Uh, through the rest of his life, and uh, also <laughs> having a being a family man, having kids, and using that inspiration, I found this clip to be really ins- inspirational. Uh, inspirational, rather, easy enough for me to say. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it too. So here's a little clip out from my conversation with John Feldman. You mentioned your kids. I, I, I'm just curious at that age, being 14 and 11, um, they're the ones that are in the now, right? Do you ever look to them for influence and say like, hey? Um, what's going on with these guys? Like someone, like there's a, you're, you got your, uh, label. Have they yeah, brought you um, anybody or brought anyone to your attention that ended up on the label? Anything like that? My son likes SoundCloud rap. So he listens to NLE Choppa and it's just, he just, um, blue face and he makes me listen to it in the, in the car. And I just want to jump out of the window. I, I just, I just, it's not, (laughs) it's not in my soul. It is not in my soul, man. And and it's like, look, I mean, I'm a parent. I'm supposed to hate my kids music, but goddamn, why can't it be something else? You know, besides, (laughs) I mean, it's like, whatever, there's just no melody at all. It's just like one beat, the whole song. And then they're just rapping about like, you know, well, just, everyone's already just, played the other 12 notes in every single possible way at this point. They, they, they figured, that let's just op, obsolete it all. 
It's just distorted 808. Uh, one note, one note the whole time. And it's like, <laughs> I guess that may, maybe that shows my age that I'm not, but it's not like I, you know, I mean, I, I don't hate all modern music. I just, but you, I'll tell you what my son did though. We were, we were cruising through satellite radio, yeah. just looking for whatever. And we, we went through like, it's like Bruce Springsteen and Pearl Jam radio and all this stuff. And then we got to the Grateful Dead station and I was like, oh, shit. And I like, turned the station real quick. And my son heard me. And he goes back to the Grateful Dead station. And he clicked on, like, favorite. And then yeah. every time a Grateful Dead song would come up, he put thumbs up. So now when I go in my car, every song that comes on is a fucking Grateful Dead or a Fish or some, like, He's jam band. fucking good, dude. He is, that's the best prank he could have ever pulled on me, ever. <laughs> I think that's a solid one. I love that prank. Kudos to your son. What was his know, name, by man. the way? Julian. Julian and Mila. Mila's my daughter. Mila. Julian Mila. Kudos to you. Yeah, guys. I have an old. I have an older daughter as well that lives up in Santa Cruz where I grew oh. up, and uh, I had a kid when I was in high school, and, and we're really tight as well. She's 34, and she has three kids, so I'm a, I'm a grandpa. Wow. And uh, yeah, I've just got this life. I've got this life that it just it's. It's big enough for the world, man. It's like I got a huge life. That's rad. That's a good thing to have, especially in times like this, man. It's family becomes even more important. You know, it's, that's that's great. True. Speaking of family, I, I, I heard a story that uh, your dad built the fuel that sent the men to the fucking moon. Like, what was like? Yeah, yeah. A, tell me a little bit about your childhood and growing up with a dad that uh, is instrumental in that. So my dad got polio when he was 17. He was the last man to contract polio before the vaccine wow. um, in America. So he was like, he was bitter. I mean, I, I, who wouldn't be? Who wouldn't <laughs> yeah, be the like, last one? Who wants to be the fucking the last one? Like the day later the vaccine comes, you're like, fuck. Oh, <laughs> uh, dude. It was, and so he had, um, so he didn't have any use of his left arm or his right leg. So he was in a brace. And so when I turned, when I became a teenager, like, man, uh, I was such a derelict dude. I was such a fucking, I, because I, you know, I found punk rock and drinking right at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, so my, my dad, you know, when he, he was in the hospital for three years, uh, like recovering from, um, the polio virus. And he just basically made a decision to use his head so he went to all this school. He went, he got a PhD um, and he became a nuclear physicist, right? So the smartest man I've ever met, my dad. Yeah. And he had all, all these expectations for me. And then I came out and I'm just like ADD. I hate school. And I'm just like a, a full on rebel. I love punk rock. And my dad, he just didn't know what to do with me, man. And he... Um, I mean, he 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 would only let us listen to musicals. I heard when I was about this. Up, like, yeah, it was only Oklahoma, Sound of Music, The Music Man. So how did you find your first, what, what was your first punk rock record and how did you find it then? Well, that, I mean, for sure, the musical stuff is why I became an alcoholic, for sure. You know, it's <laughs> like, I was like struggling with that shit. But um, a friend, this is one of my best friends, this guy, Chris Caton, moved from Lake Tahoe and he was in a punk band called Urban Assault. And so he used to tour manage social distortion. So he knew all the social D guys. And so when they would come through town, they would rehearse in my garage. I met all those dudes when I was like 
14 and all that sh- stuff like just shaped so it was the first record was never mind the bollocks of course mm-hmm. you know sex pistols which is like your your kind of gateway drug yeah you know and then and then from that it was the clash's first album and then it was mommy's little monster which was like the southern california punk rock which changed everything um but yeah my uh but yeah, my, my dad really wanted me to be an engineer like him, you know, who built this, the fuel to put the rocket on the moon. And, uh, and here we are talking about punk rock, you know, 12 <laughs> years after he's dead, you know, it's like, who would have thought, I mean, who would have thought my dad, you know, in the end, he, you know, he did the best he could, but he used to just, he, he'd walk really slow because he had a brace on his leg. So he'd limp. And I just remember, man, I was fuck i'm gonna pay for this i know it i used to just sit right in front of him and be like fuck you dad and he couldn't get me he uh-huh. would just be like just it was fucking so terrible i was such a terrible kid man uh-huh. and uh i remember one so day um, it easy right now with julian he's just pulling pranks well, on it <laughs> i i know i know but uh, you know knock on wood my my kids don't live up to my mistakes um you know and and, and in the end like before he passed i mean we we mended our ways and we, we, we became good. But I mean, he really, um, really hated punk rock. I mean, he hated it, wow. which look, I mean, I never, if, if my kids want to listen to music in my car, I'm never negative. I'm always like, let's go, whatever you want to hear. I get one song, they get one song, I get one song. I mean, that's, that's, that's like the rule we have in, in the car. And, and I, I don't, they know that I'm suffering, but I still listen to it anyway. When my dad threw all my albums away, he's like, this is, this is not allowed. They were really, my parents were really religious. They were super Catholic. So they I just believed like that would it probably was like, have probably ad- have the adverse effect. As a parent now that I look at it, you, know, you learn from other parents too, right? But like, it just seems like anytime you try and stifle somebody in general, it's going to have that adverse effect, right? Like that probably dude, only made it. you wanted to go and listen to it more, you know? I think about all the time, I think, you know, how much did my dad's adversity to my music drive me to want to do it more and want to make a career out of it? You know, how much did his negativity influence my drive? And then I wonder, you know, with all like, you know, like all of us living in Southern California with all the competition and everyone like, like, you know, best song wins and all this, you know, there's like 10 songwriters on every session and you're trying to like have your voice be heard like how much anxiety that i have because of that drive and how much how different my life would be if i had a parent that was really supportive of me pursuing music and i wonder i wonder if i would have been as successful if my parents would have been super supportive i don't know and that was the little clip out from my conversation with john feldman you could go back into the archive and find that full episode if you want as well later on in that episode actually we do a little fun thing where we do a a, a little bit of this is your life if you will if you guys remember that uh old talk uh well game show rather uh where they come in and i had some people give some clues he had to listen to their voices and then guess who it was we had um we had bert from the use we had brandon from atreyu and one of our future guests from this moment or well future to the at that at this point rather uh joe maganello who came on the show um was was a great guest as well who i loved having having on the show and uh yeah it was just really cool with uh john feldman to play that little bit of a game there and uh, i think he enjoyed it as well this next clip out comes to us from a legendary band in no effects my good friend eric sanded smelly 
of No Effects, the drummer. Um, we had so much fun talking together, man. He's become a good friend since uh, we've, you know, we send each other pictures of us on the fucking toilet now. I don't know why that's a thing, but we do. And uh, it's really fun. He's, he's such a great dude. Um, just larger than life, big heart, and uh, obviously an incredible musician. And uh, just just so much fun to get to know some of my heroes growing up. I mean, if you told my 12-year-old self that one day I would be making friends with all these guys, smelling nonetheless, I would have laughed your ass. I would have laughed my ass off, obviously, and, and laughed you out of the room. Um, but, you know, here I am today enjoying the hell out of making this podcast. I hope you guys are enjoying it as well. If you are and you aren't already subscribed, please please make sure you're subscribed right here and head over to drinkswithgiant.com and find more ways to support the show. Really appreciate it. I mean, I'm having, as I said, I'm having way too much fun with this. I'm going to keep doing it no matter what. But I mean, going through and getting to know these ones, these people and making new friends. I mean, I, I, I'm a needy guy. I like making friends with everybody. And uh, this, this next little clip out shows nothing different. So here, without further ado, is a little bit of my conversation with Smelly of No Effects. I don't even know how this happens. I'm about to talk to one of the living legends of No Effects, and I'm about to tell him he doesn't even know about the, the fact that my first ever purchased record was a No Effects record uh, before we even knew each other. And yeah, let's just, just bring him on. How's it going, Eric Smelly? How you doing, man? Dude, I didn't know. I mean, that's fucking bad. <laughs> that, that's cool. That's, uh, that's humbling and um, just makes me feel, makes my, my balls tingle a little in a weird way. <laughs> So we, okay, before we get into all that, we're going to take a deep dive into all this shit, our, our friendship between other guys and everything like that, and my fandom. Um, but right now, you're in Long Beach, and right. on this day that is June 1st, there's a lot of shit happening in L.A. County. Um, I, I, first of all, I have to ask, your, your, your family, your friends, everyone there in Long Beach, is, everyone's okay, correct? Yeah, we're good. The, the looting got probably within a mile of my house last night, and wow. then I own a small business in an area, kind of in a in the cool little hipster zone, a little boxing gym, and that neighborhood got hit last night. But we we didn't we went unscathed. Wow. My, part, my partner and a couple other people were like kind of patrolling the neighborhood, scaring off the creeps from doing what they got to do. It's fucked because the neighborhood that they hit is just owned by Ma and Pa, a lot of immigrants, a lot of just like people from the community man and they're just devastating them yeah no i mean it's that's that's the problem like i understand the frustration i've talked about it a little bit on my platform and i think most of my fans know where i stand on it it's it's fucking awful like everything that's gone down is awful but looting your local uh, businesses isn't the answer. That's two steps back. Like the I mayor, uh, the mayor of Long Beach last night went on air and said a lot of the arrests they have made are from people from out of town that are just yeah. just being you know opportunistic and just following the protests. And then yeah, they're using that as a mask to do fucking uh, illegal shit. That's that's all they're which, doing. Which takes the power away from the protest. It, it, Absolutely. It 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 takes the. You know, it, it goes from like a protest with, with a very just cause to oh, look at these fucking people looting. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, it, and it, 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 gives, it gives it gives fire to 
people who shouldn't have fire right now. Like people who are going to say that this is stupid and blah blah blah. Now they have now they have ammunition. Like that's it's just yeah, it's just stupid. Fire to the fucking racist asshole Americans. Assume, yeah, you know, it's it's fucked up. I mean, I get the animosity. I get the anger. I can never understand it because I grew up white. You know, yeah. I can never. Then what it would we feel we like. will never understand that, and that's part of it. Then understanding that is the best that we can do. Right. I will never know what it's like to walk into a grocery store and have people automatically look at me and go, oh, is he going to steal something? You know what I mean? Like, just that. Wait, 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 Eric. I, 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 I have to bring that back. No one's looked at you going into a store and thought well, you might because steal maybe something. the way I was dressed as a little punk rock kid, <laughs> not just because of the color of my skin. Not because of the color of your skin. Like, clarify that. Not because of the color of the skin, right. but just... Just being Eric, you, you probably got a couple of looks. Oh, those things. <laughs> Rare, few and far between. <laughs> few and far between. Ah, uh, dude. So, so anyways, every, everything's good, man. It, it's, you know, we survived a lot of bangs and a lot of crap, like uh, fireworks and gun sounds last night. And, and, and I heard that here in Huntington Beach, too. Yeah. There was... And the sirens. But, you know. Yeah, I mean... Where they, they had a protest down here in Huntington yesterday, and everything ended up peaceful. It was great, but everyone was prepared because they had seen what happened in LA and Chicago and Minneapolis, all these other places in the country and around the world. There's been protests around the world too. I don't know if you saw that, but like in Canada and, and uh, England, yeah, they're no, also my, protesting. It's my like, sister lives in Berlin, and she called me yesterday morning, and she's like, There's protests going on in Berlin. Yeah. I mean, this isn't, this isn't just an America thing. Like, everyone's, like, coming together, which is great. In, if there's going to be a silver lining, I just hope at the end of all this shit that there actually is some kind of change because I've lived through it before, like the L.A. riots you have, too, where it, you expected change to happen afterward, and it kind of did, but it kind of didn't. It wasn't like nothing really changed then. No. And no, it's unfortunate. That, I- Dr. Martin Luther King had a quote that I heard the other day that, that I, it resonated with me. It said, rioting is, is the voice for those that are unheard. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't make it so okay. And yes, there's fucking assholes. But some of it is just like, you know, what happens when you got a, a two-year-old that can't express their feelings or you're not listening? Yeah. They fucking they lose their shit. You yeah. Know? So, I mean, I don't, I don't condone it. I don't condone at all the the people that are being opportunistic but but the, do you understand the the other the other people who actually are protesting right now for a good cause numbers. and uh if you know again not condoning rioting but understanding the frustrations and yeah. that the peaceful protests that have been going on for so many years now in different avenues haven't really changed anything but for me in my lifetime i have never seen it globally protested this way i have i've seen racial protests before as i mentioned in the la riots but i have never seen it in multiple cities like this have you ever seen it in multiple cities like this the riot uh, the la riots were kind of like that you know, it, it went I, on. I was I was pretty young. I was I was about seven or eight years old. So I, yeah, I, I, was, I remember them, but I wasn't like <laughs> seven or eight. I was pushing thirty. <laughs> it was yeah, no, it was it was. Um, that's not to show your age. That's just show your legendary status. That's <laughs> ah, thank you very much. No, it was yeah, it, it was nationwide. I mean, not like yeah, it 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 went off in other cities for sure. 
Okay. So, yeah, you just taught me there. I like that. Because, I, I, like I said, I mean, I was only watching what was happening in L.A. My dad was working in L.A. at the time, and I remember us watching the L.A. riots happening on TV and uh, waiting for him to come home. Because this was before cell phones, too, so it wasn't like he could like, keep calling us and letting us know he was fine. He's like, I'm leaving the shop right now. I'll be home when I can get home. And he just kind of had to sit there and wait. It's sublime sings about it. That song, it goes, it's like, uh, whatever, May 1992, there was a riot in the streets, where were you? And yeah. it goes off and names a bunch of cities in the middle of the song, in the bridge of the song. Oh. That, that shit went down in. <coughs> That's fucking, yeah, well, you're teaching me. And you've taught me a lot over the years, uh, unbeknownst to you. Like I said at the beginning of the show, this is a true story. I had already heard uh, Punk and Trouble that was playing on my older brother's CD player all the time. I was a huge fan of Punk and Trouble. It's still, to this day, probably my favorite NoFX record. Um, obviously, because it's the first one that I heard, and you, you have yeah. a kinship to that no. moment. That one is where everything kind of really came together. It really, it really did. So, I mean... I get it. I get it. You know, we've, yeah. put, we've put some shit out since then. Oh, yeah. It's been, oh, no. And we're going to get into all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, I, I mean, good shit. I, I love all of it. No effects. No. I, I, okay. We'll just, let, let's start off by this. First time I had a dollar to spend, there was a warehouse around the corner, walking distance from my house. I walked down with enough money for two CDs. I already had... Punk and Trublick from my brother. I was going to steal that from him anyway. And then I was like, I want to hear more No Effects. I first grabbed, I have to be honest, Green Day's Dookie, because that was hot as shit right there. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> that's a great record. It is a great record. I, I, I love that, that and record. And if you're like a little teeny, like pre-teen, teen thing, that's a great way to get introduced, introduced into Yeah, I was... I was 11 years old, I think. I was yeah. in fifth grade. So, like, it was right around this time. And then I saw a no effects little slot, uh, as they used to be. I, I don't know how many people watching this now understand what a CD slot was. <laughs> but, like, it was, it was lined up, and there was only three or four no effects records. And the one that I gravitated towards was SM Airlines. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I saw the cover of the chick riding the plane, and I was like, well, I like fucking Trublick. This looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm one, of the, I'm one of the fans that I, I, I've, I've heard Mike talk about it. I've heard other people talk about it. Your guys' earlier years, and you don't speak fondly upon them, and S&M Airlines is kind of falls into that category. But like for me, I was like, oh, that record was fucking great. Every time I hear you guys talk about it, you're like, ah, the early years kind of fucking sucked. And I was like, yeah, no, we that was a great that, record. We recorded, we recorded that record in a weekend. And I did my drum tracks, I'm pretty sure, all in one day. Like, you know, 12 songs in one day. <laughs> and it, it was just like throw and go. You know, the mics are on, this fucking go for it. So there's mistakes all over the place. But you like don't, okay, but it's, it's punk rock, man. I never saw those mistakes. I still, when I listen to those records, I don't hear those mistakes. You guys okay. hear it, but I don't hear those mistakes. Okay, listen to that song, Day to Days, okay? okay. And then, yeah, it's on that record. Uh, okay, da 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 
the opening roll, the, I think the second roll in the song, like I almost dropped the drumstick and the roll goes like, <laughs> and then I come back in on the song. Like, you know, we just did not, oh, that's fine. Let's just go to the next one. There's fucking huge mistakes by my, my part in there to where I Oh, now like, I got to listen back to that because like I felt, so I felt like listening to No Effects over all the years I have that you guys kind of leave the mistakes on purpose. I thought that was like kind of the purposeful thing because there's a lot of things like even, I mean, even you go to like uh, So Long and Thanks for All the Shoes, there's like, fuck ponies, fuck. <laughs> and then the song starts, you know, it's like yeah. all that shit. Like you guys have always like embraced that. You know, we've always like, we were never that good of musicians, you know, and, and we were always cheap and unrehearsed and just and we still do it like fly by the seat of the parents like you want to do this do it okay let's do it let's do it tomorrow you know not being prepped wherever you're listening to this podcast make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five-star review if you want to listen to this show ad free head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member you'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests discounts on merchandise in our shop and access to our private discord server where you can chat one-on-one with johnny christ himself awesome! so stay tuned stay thirsty and stay filthy as fuck so all of the all of our records that i pretty much learned the songs either in the studio right before we record or just a few days beforehand so I'm still struggling to find out where I feel, where, where I could put shit, where I could relax, where, where the song goes. So that tension. That makes and that, and it even that more masterful to me. Because like, like, like we, we in events, we prep everything. Like, like when we yeah. go into the studio, as you know, I'm sure you've talked to Matt a lot. I know you guys are golf buddies for a while there. Like we demo everything fucking out. I even, I even talked to Brooks. He's like, yeah, man, like everything is... When we go in, we know exactly what we're playing, how we're playing it, and when, when, you know, everything. Yeah. Us, it is a fucking shit show. And that's the way our tours are shit shows. Our, our, like you, that's kind of like the beauty of it. Our shows, like we, at our shows, and I'm sure you've seen plenty of them, one might be fucking phenomenal, and the next one is just like, what the fuck are these guys doing? <laughs> you know I, never, I, mean? I never get the what are these guys doing because you guys are very vocal about the fact that you are bombastic in that in, in that sense and you just fucking go yeah let's see what happens and I, I i think that is one of the most things that i can respect and that that's like oh my god that is like my punk rock heart that's like what i want to do but i don't have the talent that you guys do to do it that way i have to fucking like prep <laughs> I, you know i'm kind of like you in a way like i'm in the middle mike is just Ah, it'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be fun. You know what I mean? And Melvin's just like, okay, whatever. Let's go with the flow. And I'm kind of like, I want to know what I'm doing and where we're going and how we're going to, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I need to kind of see a line. So it's kind of stressful on my end at times of, of the, ah, it'll be fine attitude. Whether it's, we don't rehearse before tours. We go yeah. on tour. So we haven't and played being the, the drummer, that's got to be even. I mean, you're you're the one setting the pace for everything. Like I know how that is. Yeah, we don't re- like we go. We have say we haven't played in six months. We got a show coming up. Our rehearsal will be sound check that day, just to make sure the equipment works. 
then after that, it's the shows of the shows. I know that was a little longer of a clip, but again, I had so much fun talking to Eric. We got right off the bat with some real shit. Again, this was all the way back from June 1st or whatever it was in 2020. And uh, there was a lot of shit going on here in Southern California at the time. And as I stated, all over the world. We get into a little bit of that, but then I wanted to bring it back to some of the music talk and some of the behind the scenes stuff that uh, Eric was sharing with us. I mean, I've seen it firsthand now with these guys in no effects. I was over at uh, at Fat Mike's house in the backyard when uh, they were doing White Trash, Two Heaves, and a Bean, and then we did uh, the new the, the linoleum thing together um, uh, that they uh, asked us to be a part of, which I, you know, of course, was great. I mean, us in Avenged Sevenfold, we've grown up being huge fans of this band, and uh, you know, we've covered linoleum. Um, I believe the first time we did it was at the Slide Bar here in Fullerton, and uh, we did like this little. Uh, what was it like a little secret show for an album release? I believe it was I and uh, you know We went up there. We played a bunch of songs from our catalog and some covers and one of them was a linoleum thing and um, Over the years doing warp tour with these guys We've uh, become quite friendly and now I play golf with fat Mike and and Eric I, I can't get him out there yet, but we're gonna do some surfing and some golf in here real soon Anyways, thanks again to Eric for being on the show. It was so much fun. Um, you know, looking forward. I mean, he, as I said, he just became a really good friend right off the bat there from that conversation. So uh, really enjoyed having him on. Uh, this next little clip is going to come from another band that I became fast friends with um, in Bad Cop, Bad Cop. Um, I didn't know much about them before, except besides that Jenny Catterell, the guest I had, was on the Peer Pleasure podcast. I listened to that. And then she has a bakery, or had a bakery, rather, uh, here in Huntington Beach for a little while. And uh, so, and then she started working, she's on Fat Records with Bad Cop, Bad Cop. Saw her again, <laughs> not to keep plugging it, but at Fat Mike's house. And uh, and said hi, and it was great. She uh, did a little cake for my son's third birthday. That was absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, she did a little monster truck. Like, and it, and I, When I say bake a cake, I don't mean like a normal-ass cake. She made this whole thing look like the zombie monster truck. If you guys are into Monster Jam or Monster Rallies, you, you know what I'm talking about. The zombie truck has these arms that stick out. She did the whole thing. She put a bunch of these monster truck micro machines on it. You can go on my Instagram for Johnny Christ Official and scroll down from, uh, I think it was last year, two years ago, and you could find that cake. She does amazing stuff, and uh, she's also in a pretty kick-ass band. Uh, their latest, their most recent record was produced by, by Fat Mike himself and uh, the, 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 uh, the rest of the, of the crew. Sorry, I'm not remembering everybody right now. And uh, it's a great record. You got to go check it out, uh, The Ride. And um, yeah, I just uh, all female punk rock band locally right here. And again, I had so much fun. I remember doing this episode. Actually, we had to do it twice because <laughs> I forgot to record her video part of it. So uh, we did this one twice. And uh, the second time was even better than the first. So here's a little clip out from that. And yeah. I mean, that's that's just the start of of the conversation. And there's so many other things to get into. Um, but I appreciate you. Um, opening up about that too uh let's just get into another really rad thing that i'm excited to talk to you about is your new album the ride from bad cop bad cop just came out i know that's a hell of a segue right um but <laughs> <laughs> just came out uh last friday um it's an incredible record guys go check out um the ride by bad cop bad cop i'm really excited to talk to you about this again yeah. So I just I just have to say uh, I, from 
production to songwriting, everything about this record. Um, I know you guys have had three full lengths and an LP out before on Fat Records, but to me, and those are all great. They're very great. To me, I feel like you guys have really found your voice on this record, and um, for me, it's just at this point. I know there'll be other albums in your near future or future, whatever you want to call it, that will maybe change my mind. But right now, this this album uh, defines Bad Cop, Bad Cop for me. How how are you feeling about this record? Um, well, thank you very much. Um, that we feel the same. I mean, everything we've done we thought was like the best that we could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been happy with it. Um, it. But then this record was it just the making of it was so different um, from everything else we've done. And really, we took a lot of time that we hadn't been able to take. And um, M- Fat Mike and Johnny Carey and the decomposers like were very, I mean, they treated this record like it was their own, like they really were invested and like, um, I don't even have words for the gratitude that I want to express to them for that because it's like it really I feel like we really got something special out of it by taking our time and like you know asking a lot of questions like mm-hmm. you know as a band we asked like what do we want to say what do we not want to say what have we learned from these other things that we've done and and how is this going to be better and different and you know Stacy was diagnosed with breast cancer during the production of this record and went through treatment and that was like really profound yeah, in a lot I mean, of ways that's got to be uh, scary obviously before you go on i have to make sure she's okay now obviously and is yeah but it was like i mean it was life changing of course for her and he would say things like, first of all, she really wrote, she wrote, so we, we all wrote more songs than are on the record, but I was just like, this is crazy. You're just like shitting out amazing songs, like on the daily and like <laughs> sending them to me in voice memos. I was like, you're on fire right now. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? That's great. Yeah. She was just like, well, I don't know if I'm, you know, I might not, this is, you know, just get these songs out if I don't make it. And I was like, you know, like. Don't oh, say that. Yeah, me, you but like, yeah, but still, I mean, it was a very real uh, thought yeah. and process. Yeah, that's yeah, painful that really. she had to go through that. Yeah. And you well, guys had to go through that. I know that that's not, I mean, you obviously the, the person going through uh, the disease and, and the battle um, you, you, you can empathize with and then, you know, but there are people that it affects around as well that are very close. So it's, it's great that um, uh, you guys were there as a support for her. We, yeah, we're a family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I mean, you guys have been together for 11 years now, right? Yeah. So, yeah, and we spend so much time together. It's ridiculous to think about how much time we spend together. Well, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of, and that's so great to hear because there's, you hear about some bands that are just kind of thrown together. You hear about, oh, uh, they don't really get along, but they play together. I hate that. It's weird, right? I, I don't it's have that bad. experience in our band, too. We, we're all brothers. We all knew each other before we were even in a band together, um, and we were friends then. Um, sounds like something similar in yours. When you, when you say you guys have been together for 11 years and you're like family, um, that goes to show you that you're, 
you guys are in this together. And I think that comes out and makes a stronger piece of art when you guys start to gel together like that. And it comes out on this record. Yeah, thank you. I think, yeah, there's like um when you know someone really well and like accept them and love them for who they are and and don't focus on like what they aren't because not everyone can be everything that's just insane. Mm -hmm. um, you can like... Well, not mortal people, but I mean, I'm out here, <laughs> like, you know, just doing my best. <laughs> you know, having, having second second shots at uh, interviews and, uh, you know, podcasting. <laughs> I've got it all figured out. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am perfect, but yeah. I'm perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you like kind of know where to like leave room and let somebody kind of do their thing. Mm -hmm. um, and like, who you know, we did talk about this before, but I, I think it's kind of like a good example is like with like vocals. I mean, everybody has kind of a different, obviously a different voice literally, mm -hmm. but like different registers and like different abilities vocally. So like setting Strengths, up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Harmonies are like, it's like um, some, sometimes people will like tease us. Like at Warped Tour when there's like a line of people trying to take pictures and we're like locked up and like know how to quickly like post and get yeah. everyone's head shown. And like people think it's so funny, but it's like that's kind of like you just know. Like, you just know where you got to go. This is, you know, you've, yeah, you've been doing it with, with, these, with these sisters of yours for a long time now. Yeah. And you're like, oh, we know what our good sides are right. and where we need to go. <laughs> <laughs> I know the face that looks best on the magazine. I know right, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we I always think of like sometimes like right now it's really hard to make money as a band and like we uh, I was like god if just pub trivia was just a fucking thing right now I know we could kill it because like everybody just knows different things and I think we like as a four would be like this is a that would question. be fun, <laughs> you know. You yeah. just you just you just tapped into something. I think that would be really fun is to get something like that going. You just gave me a great idea. I should get like a like a couple of bands to battle yes. virtually with like some pub trivia and make a show Let's like that. Talk. Let's do it. I'm I'm totally down. I suck at trivia, so my dream of this is like it's like band family feud. Yes. But, but it's like these are your families, and you can have like your members of your touring crew, and like if you have like you know like, but it's yeah. like because you come up with the with you're right. It goes back to those strengths and weaknesses. Some somebody in the band will know something a little bit better than yeah. the, than the next person. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. that'd, yeah. be, that'd be the ultimate. I'm into this. Let's talk after this. We'll, okay, we'll keep yeah, in touch. Yeah. But let's get into let's let's actually dive into the record a little bit more. Talk about this show. I really want this. Hey, we are going to make this happen. We're going to make this yeah, happen. Yeah. Okay. But I, I just want to say, like right off the bat, I noticed something about this record. Um, and for uh, Philly music uh, musician, um, the production value on this record was way up. Um, it, you could hear it immediately, and we already talked about it. But to me, it sounded like a, a, a very polished uh, punk rock album. Has still has all the energy, very akin to like No Effects, So Long and Thanks for All the Shoes production when they when they came out with that record. G great sounding, you could hear everything. Everything's clean, um, but the energy's still there, and you could and it and it's so awesome um, to hear you guys in that fast. And you already mentioned that 
Mike and Johnny and and the D composers, not the D minus composers, as I said before. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it's a, it's really cool to see that uh, the guys at Fat Records and everybody really got behind you, and you can hear it at, at the very least in the production value of this album. Um, so, how important was that to you guys when when uh, you were? I mean, when you were sitting down, not writing the songs anymore, but literally recording them. Uh, well, I appreciate um, Mike's attention to detail and patience with the project. Um, and he really does, I think, know how to um, elevate the production level of something without it not sounding like it's not a punk rock record anymore because mm-hmm. um, I think that is like a fine line to walk that's an art um, itself for sure so I mean for I personally like don't I love I mean everybody you can appreciate a well produced record but like I am also very comfortable with like very lo-fi things I think I would agree though that my band sounds better with like a higher production value just because like everyone is singing as hard as they can and like everything is like considered and like um so i do i do fully appreciate it and i think it while it's not like my personal musical taste to like mm-hmm. seek out high production value like i i think again like it's just so amazing that that mike was so invested in this and like really kind of treated it like it was his project because it was his project as the executive producer but you know sometimes people take that title and are just like yeah just give yeah. quotes on the record I don't care you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know anybody like that <laughs> yeah, I don't know what yeah. you're talking about and that'll just about do it for part one best of punk on drinks with Johnny right here uh, part two coming to you Thursday morning so make sure if you're new to the show you are subscribed and ready because we got a lot of great clip outs. If you're new to the show, you don't know who I've had on the, on the podcast yet. Um, uh, we're going to be starting off with a clip out from uh, my conversation with Josh Freeze, ending it on a high note with uh, Lars Fredrickson of Rancid and a few awesome people in between, of course. Um, it, again, if you're new to the podcast, make sure you are subscribed. Leave us a rating and review. Uh, you can find us on social media very easily at Drinks with Johnny everywhere. And head over to drinkswithjohnny.com. We got a lot of really cool merch there. Um, our boy Brandon Lombardo puts it all together. It's it's fantastic. We also have the Drinks with Johnny Filthy IPA that I was telling you guys about at the beginning of this. Um, it's going to be start, it's starting to get put in restaurants, as I told you, um, on draft. And we're getting labels made. We're going to be doing some more local pushes with the cans. And hopefully at a place near you. Again, at drinkswithjohnny.com, there's also a place where you can go to our members-only section, sign up to become a filthy animal, where you get bonus content, episodes like this early and ad-free, and a bunch of stuff on YouTube. (laughs) It's really cool over there. Our Our guy Brandon, again, is just killing it with all the cutouts, and those are exclusive to our members only. Um, as well as the Discord. There's, there is a great little community over there of these filthy animals. They're running the show over there. I pop in there every, every now and again, say hi, check in on everybody, and see how things are going in the Discord. But Drinks with Johnny Discord is a, is a tight-knit family. Um, and once a month, I hop in there and do a video chat with everybody. We did a, a Halloween costume party. We did a, 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 what, what did we do? We did a Friendsgiving 
we did a holiday uh, thing. So once a month, we're doing something there on the Discord. So if that sounds like something you'd like to be a part of, make sure you head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and go to the Members tab and sign up. Uh, again, new episode coming on Thursday. Don't forget that. Uh, part two of Best of Punk will be coming to you Thursday morning. So until then, as always, cheers. Hi, I'm Daniela Clark. I'm Barbara Ann Wild. And we are The Honest AF Show. Our podcast is real, honest conversation with our celebrity friends and pros. Covering our anything but average rock and roll lifestyles. All while tackling the hell that is aging and the battle of beauty. Oh yeah, nothing is off the table. The Honest AF Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.